Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So we've all heard about co-parenting and parallel parenting, right? So co-parenting is when you aren't together anymore, but you still parent your kids as a team so you can communicate and everyone's looking at what the best interests of the kids. You try to stay on the same page, yada, yada, yada. Parallel parenting is basically each parent just kind of does, they parent how they see fit. So it's your house, your rules, my house, my rules, and you really have very little to do with each other unless you need to communicate about something, but it's not a regular occurrence. So today in this episode, I'm going to talk about, or we are going to talk about another form of co-parenting, which basically takes co-parenting to the next level, which is nesting. So if you're not familiar, nesting is when the kids stay in the same home. So the family home And then the parents come and go according to their respective parenting schedules. So when it's mom's time, mom will come and stay at the house. When it's dad's time, dad comes in the house and mom leaves or, you know, whatever the roles are in your home. Today's episode is with Julie Cole, and she is an entrepreneur, a blogger, a mom of six, the founder of Mabel's Labels, which are those labels that you put on all of your kids' stuff to keep track of them. I've talked about them before, and I will link them in the show notes for you guys. But Julie Cole and her former husband do the nesting parenting style, and they love it. So today we're diving into what that looks like, how nesting works for them, just the logistics behind it. And it's super interesting because, you know, in all the conversations that I have with moms and stepmoms, for me, it always comes down to this. There really is no one size fits all approach to a co-parenting and step family life. There really is no one way or right way to do things. It has to be what works for you. And I think this episode is a really good example of that because Julie loves nesting. She thinks it's perfect for her family. Me as a stepmom, I'm a hard no on it. And After you're done listening, I would love to know your thoughts on this. So come on over to Instagram. Let me know what you think. Do you like nesting? Would you do nesting? What do you think about the pros and cons? I just think this is such an interesting conversation. So come on over to Instagram. You can tag Julie Cole, tag me. Let us know what you think. We would love to hear. And with that, let's get right into the episode. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. I'm Jamie Scrimger, wife, mom, stepmom, life coach, conversation opener, and BS caller. Seven years ago, I found myself sitting on the bathroom floor with a glass of wine, bawling my eyes out, wondering what the heck I was thinking, marrying a man with three kids and an ex-wife. Don't get me wrong, I was madly in love, the kids were great, but as a 26-year-old with zero experience in the parenting department, I was in over my head. When I went to the internet for support, I was disappointed with what I found. So I decided to create the type of support that I was looking for. Raw and real conversations about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. Life can be hard, really freaking hard. But each week I'll bring you tips and strategies and mindset shifts to help you thrive amongst the tough stuff in life. My goal is to inspire you to live your version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Let's do this. Julie Cole, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited for this conversation today because I think that you have so much that you can bring to this audience. So um, before we dive in, can you just give us a quick little introduction, who you are, what you got going on? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So my name's Julie Cole. I'm the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. I started this company with three other women 
about 17 years ago now, hard to believe. Um, lots has happened along the way. Super fun, super exciting. Love the entrepreneurial life. I have six kids. I'm a parenting blogger. So yeah, it keeps me, it keeps me pretty busy and out of trouble for the most part. Yeah. Um, that was a lot. And you really <laughs> like, you're like, yeah, no big deal. This is my world. Um, Mabel's labels. So for those who aren't familiar, which I think everyone is familiar, those are the clothing labels that you put on your kids' stuff so that they hopefully bring their shit home. <laughs> right? That's right. You know, it used to be that we were trying to avoid stuff going the lost and found. Now we're kind of thinking more about you know, stopping germy mix-ups from happening. So we started with our first product, which was a sticky label that goes on like things. So it was a dishwasher microwave safe label. So it would go on the bottles and the sippy cups and the wipes container and that sort of thing. And uh, that was, you know, perfect for daycare and, and nursery school and school. And then, you know, then we got the shoe labels and the clothing labels. Now we have like so many, like nobody's losing anything on my watch. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yeah. And I actually have a guide for stepmoms and basically anyone in a co-parenting relationship with tips and strategies on how to bring your, like how to transfer stuff between mom's house and dad's house. Cause that's always a huge yeah. challenge, right? I forgot my stuff at mom's. Or I forgot my stuff at dad's. Um, and actually Mabel's labels right. was part right. of that guide. Uh, so, um, I'm oh, going to actually, awesome. yeah, I'm going to attach the guide for everyone if they haven't downloaded it yet, but there's lots of tips in there and yeah, you can get all the, the info on Mabel's labels too. That's awesome, Jamie, because I do, I, we have found that we've had lots of families where they also get, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can, will relate to this. Like, it's kind of annoying when you spend a lot of money and get certain clothes, like whatever. And then they go off to like the other parent's house and it never, never to return. And you're like, ah, that's so annoying. What happened to that pair of shoes or that bathing suit or whatever? So what we do have is we have a lot of co-parents who will have like one color labels for the stuff that is at one parent's house and one color label or a different little cute personalized icon for the stuff that's at the other parent's house so that, you know, the kids maybe aren't necessarily moving stuff always back and forth so, so much, but that, you know, the stuff with the blue label ends up back at mom's house and the stuff with the purple label ends up back at other like parents' house, whatever. So it, it does help. Yeah. And it's worked really, really well for a lot of people. So speaking of co-parenting, you are in a co-parenting relationship as well. Relationship, is that the, yeah, co-parenting relationship. Yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you are co-parenting with your former husband, and um, yeah. you guys have you guys do the co-parenting style nesting. We do. So yeah, we've been co-parenting for about four years. Has it been um, four years? I think it has, or close to. I don't know. Three. Oh my four. gosh! Yeah. I, know, I remember talking while. to you about it when I was at your house yeah. doing the lo Facebook Live for Mabel's Labels. Right. And I feel like that yeah. was last year, but obviously it wasn't. Dude, I know time, man. Time is, it, it's, it messes with your head. I'm telling you, it's crazy. Look, I'm used to having six tiny kids and now like I have three at university. So I can't even with the time factor. Um, yeah, so that is working out that look it works out great for us so what we do we have obviously so many kids so we have the house like the main family house and we nest so that means the kids stay in the house and we rotate in and out and it works really well because 
for us, um, I mean, there's just so many kids, we don't want to have to have two like ginormous houses. And it, and it didn't seem right to us that because we decided to separate that kids should be moving back and forth and whatever. And, and since we were able to manage a really positive nesting co-parenting relationship, um, this has worked for us. So yeah, it is, uh, I know it wouldn't work for a lot of people. I know it's a, it's a, it's a different way of doing things, but for us, it works out really, really well. Yeah. And again, I, you know, I say this all the time, there's no one size fits all approach. You, you have to do what feels right for you and your family. And this is what works for you guys. And honestly, I could not imagine transferring six children back and forth. Right. Yeah. Imagine how many, like good thing they'd have all the Mabel's labels at least. But, yeah. No kidding. But you know, there's that. And the other part of it too, was that we just wanted this to happen in the least disruptive way as possible for our kids. And I, you know, I do think that we've been on the same page. Daddy and I have been on the same page about having, you know, kids first and, you know, there are a lot of them and, uh, you know, we have a beautiful family home that, you know, it's, they've got their pool and their trampoline and their field and their ravine and they're on the court so they can play basketball. We've got a beautiful setup for them. So we just didn't want to disrupt that. And, uh, and as a result, they just seem to have adjusted so, so well to all of this. Mm-hmm. And so what is your schedule like then? I'm home four nights a week and he's home three nights a week. And the nights that I'm at are Monday nights and Thursday and Friday nights. Now, I know a lot of people like week about, but for us, we felt very much like, you know, I, I couldn't go a week without seeing like my kid, like being there with my kids. And he didn't want to do that either. And because they were in the home, like basically they're just like, okay. So like they know whose night it is, but they'll be like, oh, is it a mommy night or a daddy night or whatever. So um, that's how it works. It actually you know, for me, I'm super lucky because even, um, I mean, obviously with COVID now, everybody's working from home and stuff. But before that, you know, he would work downtown every day. So he would be going, leaving at like 6 a.m. So I would just come home and then get get the kids off to school and then go to work and then pick them up from school and be at home with them till he got home from work. So, I mean, I still see my kids every day, really. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's worked out really well. I'm going to tell the other tip that I think is what made this very successful as well is that we have Nanny Hazel. So we have her there. She's been with our family for 10 years and the thing is, it's not like I come home and the house is a dump and the laundry's not done and dinner's not on. Like we have somebody doing that consistent stuff so that we're not like, I, we're not getting angry with each other over like those domestic things, which I think a lot of people who nest might fall into. But because we've got that consist- consistency around, you know, somebody's in the house um, and adults in the house all the time, you know, and she's living so there is a consistent level of care that's happening. Like I'm not resenting the fact that I come home and nothing's been done. You know what I mean? Everything's always kind of being done. Oh my gosh. I think if Darren and I did nesting and didn't have something like that, and obviously yeah. it's that, that is a huge privilege and it's not something that Absolutely. everyone can do, which is another reason maybe why nesting may not work for people, but there 100%. would be a bunch of dishes in the dishwasher. I mean, not, no, not in the dishwasher, in the sink, waiting to go into the dishwasher. Because somehow they magically go from the sink to the dishwasher. I don't understand what the deal is with putting stuff in the sink. But also my kids are a good age now, so they're very good with like doing chores and and keeping, you know, the thing going. But they're all online learning or at school every day and stuff like that and have their things going on too. So it has been, uh, yeah, definitely it is a privilege to be able to have somebody like Hazel. But again, like I wouldn't be able to do all the things I do if I didn't have some, like some backup, you know, like we, we need the help. 
you know, and I think that's something that often mothers aren't super perfect about admitting or realizing or, or giving into that we we actually can't do all the things and we shouldn't have to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I, I wanted to touch on that in this conversation because, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you have all of these children, which is like six full-time jobs because you have six kids. They're all super busy in sports. I remember you telling me that, like, there's so much going on and, you know, I feel like we have come a long way in our society with moms being able to ask for help or, you know, not feel guilty if everything's not perfect, but we still have so far to go. And I love hearing yeah. you say, yeah, I have help. I had to hire help in order to do what yeah. I do. But, and you know what, Jamie, like I did learn that lesson the hard way. Like I got a nanny. Okay. So my kids are pretty close in age. When I had my fifth kid, my oldest kid was six. So, and I got a nanny when my fifth kid turned one, like, and that was like that, you know, that was, what year was he born? Like he was born in 2006, started Mabel in 2002. So that was like starting in business, working, making labels in the basement every night till 2am, getting up at 6am, doing the kid thing, you know, pregnant, getting up, breastfeeding. Like there was no sleep that was happening. And I, you know, I always say I got a nanny three kids too late. And I think I also was stuck in that thing where, okay, look, I left the traditional workforce so that I could be with my kids. So why would I get help with my kids if that's why I left the traditional workforce? Right. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it's like, no, that's not, that just doesn't make sense. I can't do all the things, uh, really, really well. And, you know, it, it, it's just not healthy. So that's when, yeah, when I got the help then I was like, wow, this is everything. Everything is just so much better now. But I do think that we're very bad about that. And, and I do hope that I, you know, I hope that like the next generation of moms are, are realizing that they don't, don't have to do it all. But I do, I, I do think, and I, I mean, we know statistically that women are still carrying, you know, the emotional, uh, the work in the household. We're still doing most of the domestic stuff. We're still worrying about dinner. We're, we're the ones who are worrying about a sick kid, you know, or, or getting called to do the pickup and that sort we just know statistically that's still happening. So, you know, mama's, you know, we are, we are really still carrying the load. So, you know, I often talk about too, about how we have to learn to say no to things. And, you know, I always talk about these massive to-do lists and I have massive to-do lists, but I also have a do not do list. I have a bunch of things that if I'm doing it, I'm not, I'm not valuing my time. I'm not being productive. And like a silly little thing on my do not do list is I will not unstack a dishwasher. I have six kids who are very capable of unstacking a dishwasher and my time is better spent doing other things. So I would challenge busy mamas out there, you know, and a lot of, a lot of your mamas are, are single, right? Like you have a lot to get done. So what is it that you're doing at work? What is it that you're doing at home? What are you doing in life that, that you could be delegating out to somebody else? Yeah. I'm going to add the dishwasher on my do not do list or not to do, do it, list. Do I, it. Do especially it. <laughs> on the week, like my week on, you know what? The kids came last night. So it was the beginning of our week on because we do week on, week okay. off. And I was yeah. exhausted. So I actually went to bed at seven last night. I was so tired because I had been up at actually 4.45 getting some work done for our my platform oh. and all the things. And that's, I think that's what people don't see too about entrepreneurship. They think, or, you know, when you leave the traditional workforce, they think, oh, these moms have it all. Like they can like be everywhere and do everything. And it just happens. And it's like, no, if we're not doing something, we're not making any money. Like we either need to like right. do the work too and try to find the balance. Like I feel like I was far more organized and on top of things when I worked at a traditional job. Well, 
You're absolutely right. And, you know, I always say that, you know, flexibility, I have loved the flexibility that entrepreneurship did provide me, particularly in the early days, but flexibility never got my work done. So certainly I could go and help out at the nursery school for a couple hours in the afternoon, or I could take the kids to the park, but I was hovered over my laptop at 1 a.m. And that's how that, that is how that played out. And that was a choice I made and I'm happy with it, but flexibility doesn't do your work for you. It still has to get done. Yeah. And your mind never turns off. You're always thinking about never all of the things. The wheels are always turning. So yeah, while my wheels are turning and I need to have someone else do the freaking dishwasher. But yeah, last night I come downstairs and there's a stack of dishes. And I was like, I, I just came up to my husband. I said, so I'm, I'm just confused. Like, did n- no one notice that the dish, like the, the the dishes were piling up in the sink. Like, why is that all on me? He goes, it's not all on you. I said, I don't know if that's true, honey. Like really think about the last time anyone else did the dishwasher. Like, you know, someone else can think about it too. So this is going on my list. We're going to have a family meeting tonight. Thank you, Julie. (laughs) Yeah. And like, okay, so we don't have stepkids or anything like that. That probably makes like things a little easier also with the nesting. Well, actually to that point, I think Like, so for anybody who's out there thinking about nesting, I also think one of the things to be kind of aware of is that I think it works also because like, um, you know, I think if you get into another partnership, that could be super weird for them. Like, so if like, if you start dating somebody and they're like, whoa, hold up. So wait, you share a house with your ex and your six kids and like somebody, you know, new, new, Partners could be weirded out by that for sure. And legitimately so. It would so, be a hard um, no for you know, me. Yeah, it would, eh? See, fair. Like, yeah, that's fair, right? You'd... I think if Darren and I, when Darren and I started dating, if he said to me on our first date, we're nesting and I share a house with my ex and like, that's how we're planning on doing this. I would say, thanks for the salmon. Like, no. <laughs> right. Like I would have another glass of wine and be no, actually I had a really weird date one time and, um, I actually had way too much wine because I just had to cope to get through it. And this is not with Darren, but the guy (laughs) said to me, I'm never going to see you again. Am I? And I said, no, (laughs) that's exactly what would have happened. At least you were honest. Well, and see, for me, like the co-parenting and the and the nesting is a top priority. So if, you know, I started dating somebody and they were like, I'm not okay with that. I would be like, okay, this isn't going to work. So, you know, it all depends. So that, you know, if, if I was, you know, really like wanting to be with somebody who was not cool with it, I, it would be another story. But my priority is the co-parenting and, and the and the nesting. So if somebody's not good with that, then then that's that's not going to work, is it? So, yeah, it depends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you asked me that on a Facebook live on the Mabel's page. You're like, what do you think about nesting? And I didn't know that you did it. And I was like, oh my God, it'd be a hard no. Like, what the hell? <laughs> then after I did some reading, I was like, oh my gosh, like. Foot in mouth. <laughs> I just stepped in it. <laughs> Foot in mouth disease. But, but, but this was much my, what we were earlier, like like the whole thing with the, this is a question for you. Look at me, I'm turning this around. But like when you have like the kids, like your bonus kids there, like can you say, dudes, I need you to unstack the dishwasher. Like can that directive come from you? For like, sure. It is your family home. It is. Okay, so it's not like it all has to come from dad. Like you're allowed to be like, dudes, like I just never yeah. know. Like I... You know, I, it can be a thing, right? People are like, you're not my mom or whatever, you know. And I think there's different situations, right? Like there's different relationships, different situations, and it all depends on how you come into it. My husband is very much like, you listen to Jamie because Darren works long hours. Like that's the reason why we chose to do things the way we do 
you know, there are nights where it's me there until nine o'clock because he's in a meeting or, you know, he's got stuff going on and it just would never have worked that way. I used to even do, I would be like, no, your iPad is gone. Like this isn't happening. Right. So we would be on the same page now that the kids are older and they are teenagers. I let dad do the big conversations. So, but I will still correct. So there yeah, like is the a difference. Stuff. Yeah. Like between house stuff rules. Be on. Yeah. House rules and um, parenting are two different things. So that's kind of how we, how we play it. But you know, the other day I came in and you know, when kids just take the food, like an empty box of cookies or something, and then leave the empty one on the counter. What is with that? Or put it back in the cupboard. Like, put yeah. The empty box in the cupboard. What is going on with that? So my approach is more like, hey, uh, can you come here for a second? So I'm just confused. Like there's, I'm not seeing this empty thing of cookies on the counter, right? Like I'm pretty sure I'm imagining that because that would just be really lazy, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And so then yeah. they can laugh, right? So it's about yeah, the approach. Right. One time I even did, um, so everyone was leaving garbage everywhere. It's like just like wrappers and this and that. And, um, so I had some empty boxes and everyone was sitting in the kitchen and I said, Hey guys, so this is empty. So I'm done with it. And then I just chucked it on the ground. And then I had another thing. I was like, yeah, and I'm done with this too. So I just kind of like tossed it on the counter. (laughs) And then I I had about four things. And and did they realize how ridiculous that was? Well, they're looking at me like, what the hell? And I said, yeah. That's really lazy, right? Because if you're done with something, you would go put it in the garbage because that was just really ridiculous, right? And they just kind of looked at me and says, yeah, so let's put our wrappers in the garbage because, you know, I'm not a maid here, okay? And it's a whole lot more time consuming for me to have to make you go back downstairs and do it than just to do it in the first place. And they just kind of like, okay, Jamie. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I'll do one like, you know, if if I like walked in the bathroom and there's literally an empty toilet roll, I'll just take a picture, send it to our fam jam, and I'll be like, heathens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, what is going on here? Like, or like I'll take a milk jug out of the fridge and just send it to fam jam, and be like, heathens. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a hard, hard no. Well, it's 2021, 2020 is behind us, and chances are you are setting some goals or resolutions or intentions or whatever you want to call it for this year. If you're a stepmom, you may also be thinking about ways you can minimize your stepfamily stress and or improve your relationships this year. If so, I have something for you. I just released a free ebook with 16 questions that stepmoms craving change need to ask themselves. As Dr. Phil says, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. And this is such a great time to do an audit on your step family life so you can set the foundation to improve things in 2021. Yes, you heard me. You need to set the foundation for change. Now, if you're content feeling overwhelmed, like you have no control of your life, damned if you do, damned if you don't, like you don't know your place, like your step family stressors are consuming your life and driving a wedge in your marriage and are fine in a high conflict co-parenting situation, you just keep doing what you're doing. But if you are ready to feel happier, confident, and more in control amongst the extra stress, download your copy at www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash stepmom audit. That's www.jamiescrimshaw.com forward slash stepmom audit.
The other thing too that I think is also working really well for us with the like with the co-parenting and the nesting is that we parent like we're still married. So like if my kids try to do opinion shopping, like, or if, you know, they've asked dad something, they don't like the answer and they try it on me. Like there's still no opinion shopping. Even if daddy makes a decision I don't like, it's still like, you heard your, what your dad said, you know, dad said that and that sticks. And then we can talk about it afterwards, but we still do the united front and support each other. And, you know, if I do a discipline and they're like, oh, mom was a bit tough and he's, he will be like, nope, mom did exactly the right thing. So they don't try and play us off each other. And we always support each other. It makes it so easy. Like we parent, like we're married, but I know a lot of parents who are even married don't parent that well together. So me, you know, that the kid thing has never been an issue for us. Obviously we had six of them. Right. So, um, I just want to say, like, I recognize and I see that that is a real struggle for a lot of a lot of co-parenting couples, and I I get how hard that must be not being on the same page with parenting because, wow, I just yeah, it's yeah, it's it can be, be really hard. Rough. Oh yeah, I can only imagine. I'm sure you've heard it all, but yeah, I can only imagine if I just felt like every time I turned a corner, I was getting conflict from another adult who's supposed to be the loving parent. Like it would drive me crazy. So I I am lucky that I don't we don't have that kind of volatile relationship. It's very very supportive. Yeah, I love that. So what do you hope your kids have learned or are learning from this co-parenting relationship? Because there's obviously some huge huge life lessons here. Yeah, I think there's there's a whole bunch of lessons in here. I think one is that, you know, families can take on lots of different figurations and they don't look the same and and that's okay. And also that like they see that, you know, I'm not with their dad, but they see that I have so much respect for him and and that we work together as a team and that they know that they come first because we are so willing to work so hard together to make sure that, um, you know, that they have a really great family life. And we still consider ourselves ourselves very much a family. We are, you know, we are, we are a family. The other thing too is that, you know, actually, it's so funny you ask that because, like, my little guy who's 11, he came home last week and he was telling me about a few of his friends in his class and how he felt so sorry for them. And I was like, why? He goes, because their parents are divorced. I was like dude. (laughs) And it just provided a great opportunity for me to be like, you don't have to feel sorry for them. Their moms and dads love them very much. They, you know, they, I know those families, they are, those kids are loved and they're well cared for. And you, you, this is not something you need to feel sorry for kids about, you know? And also, I'm not sure if you're aware, but have you noticed that Daddy and I aren't together? He's like, yes, but it's different. But it's different. It's different. He somehow sees it different. I think he sees it different because he never has to leave his home. Yes, That's what I for could share sure. out of that. And that seemed to be, I think he felt sorry for them having to go back and forth. But I said, you know, and it did give me the opportunity to be like, lots of kids love having two houses. Like, it's awesome. There's different toys at different houses. They have different experiences. Sometimes they have different siblings to play with at different houses. So kind of explained all that too. So it was, uh, that was an, that one, that was a shocker to me. That kid comes out with some stuff, I'll tell you. Um, so yeah, I do feel like it has provided them with, uh, and I feel like we're doing some really great role modeling about how to deal with conflict and how it can be done in such a respectful and meaningful way. Yeah, I, I love that. And so here, here's a question for you. There was obviously some tough times, right? So I always want to be really real with my community and say, look, like, even though, you know, I bring you people who have this great co-parenting relationship or these great strategies, or it looks like everyone just kind of has it all together. That's not always true. Like there were 
you know, the end of the marriage, as you knew it, there were obviously some emotions that came with that. And there was obviously some painful times. What Mm. advice do you have for people who are going through that and trying to keep their co-parenting relationship healthy, but it can be really, really hard when you're either angry or sad or frustrated or, or grieving the loss of the family, the way that you, you know, Imagine it. Yeah. 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 What's your advice there? For sure. So again, I do feel like there was, I feel like we came from a place of advantage in that when our marriage ended, we weren't feeling extreme hurt. Nobody was betrayed. Nobody had had like an affair. Like, and I think when you have those big emotions not involved, it definitely makes it easier because, you know, nobody was seeking revenge and nobody was, you know, like we never did the thing like, I want to know how much your jewelry is worth or your guitars are worth or with your, you know, this sort of stuff. We just didn't, we were never really sort of, we never got petty. I think it's because we were never, there were never big emotions involved, which again, I think was a huge advantage for us. Having said that, you know, none of this stuff is ever easy. You know, you don't sign up for marriage thinking that it's going to end. Um, I think something that we did well was we did seek a counselor, a therapist to help us kind of manage the breakup. And we actually, you know, really scripted how we were going to communicate the message to the kids. We had a plan. We delivered the message. Uh, It was like a well-rehearsed, you know, thing. Um, Just because I know that you literally have their attention for about 30 seconds before they start freaking out, wondering, how is this affecting me? So we made sure, you know, they knew within a second that we weren't selling the house and that we were staying in the house. And like, we kind of got those big bullet points out quickly. And so it wasn't so like, that was a conversation. I mean, any of you have had this conversation with your kids. It's, it was the conversation I dreaded most in my entire life. But you know what? We felt very well equipped and prepared, and we made sure that they knew it was um, – we we didn't ever want them thinking it was one over the other who wanted this because we never wanted any sort of blame. Mm-hmm. So both of us stepped up and made sure that the kids knew that it was – you know, or or got the impression or was were delivered the message that this was a responsible decision that we've made together as a team and as their parents – and that we're going to provide, um, you know, the a continued, you know, exceptional family life. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, having that scripted out and, and, and delivering the message together was a real, real win for us. You know, whenever I talk to moms or stepmoms or even, you know, dads who have been in a situation and they have a really healthy co-parenting relationship and they're just really proud of it, almost every time they say they went to counseling. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's so key because these situations, they bring out these emotions that no one saw coming. Like this wasn't in right. anyone's five-year plan. This is, you know, yeah. a lot, no matter how, how good your relationship is, or, you know, if you didn't have that hurt or betrayal or whatever, it's still a lot. And I, I, I can't recommend counseling for people enough. I do. I, you know what? I really, really wish that that's something that um, Darren and his first wife did, because I think that right. would have been Helped. a game changer. Yeah. And you know what too, Jamie, it's not like, I think people think, oh, well, I don't actually want to save the marriage, so I don't need to go to counseling. Go to counseling anyway. You have a lifelong relationship with this person. You don't have to go to counseling just because you want to get back together. You want to save the marriage. You want to get counseling so you know how to navigate a healthy breakup and how to message for your kids and how to co-parent in the future and, and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, don't think that therapy's off the table just because you don't want to save the marriage. Yeah. And I think there's such a stigma against therapy 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's got to go too, because yeah. I think everyone needs to go to therapy. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. My, I've got a friend who says everyone needs a therapist, everybody needs a mentor, and everyone needs a life coach. <laughs> yes. Preach, yep. preach. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Julie. You, you know what? I really hope that people listening to this, as much as the situation is definitely not the norm and, you know, not everyone is in a position to do that, I do think there's a lot we can take from it. And I hope that people hear that. I hope they hear you know, putting the kids first, going in with a plan and just your mindset around it all, because it's true. And I I like what you said, you are still a family. And, you know, I talk about sub families and I think that's where stepmoms really, really struggle because they're, they feel like an outsider because there was this family unit before and where do I fit in now? And I think especially in healthy co-parenting relationships, it's important for stepmoms to look at the picture and say, okay, They were a family before, so they were this family unit. Now this is the family unit that we have. Like, and then there's these sub families within. You know, Reese and I and Darren are a sub family within our larger family. You know, Darren and my three stepkids have a history that Reese and I aren't a part of that we can't understand. Like, just looking at it from that perspective can go a long way too. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. I think, you know, I think the stepmother job is a tough one. Like I said, I, you know, I'm not, I haven't had any experience there. Um, but I just think, you know, I think, you know, if daddy repartnered and like somebody walking into, okay, wait, so Julie's your ex and then you've got these six kids and you guys have a cottage and you like, you know, it's, it's a lot to take on. It'd be a book, a really good book or a really good movie. And it leaves me with a lot of questions. Like does the stepmom live in the house too? I know, I know. And you know what? A lot of the nesting relationships end once a significant other arrives and is not cool with it. I bet there's some horror stories. Yep. And you know what the other fallback to the nesting can be? Because I did a lot of research on this before we did it, was I did some reading that said that for some kids, unless the communication is really open and really clear and really consistent, they don't actually think their parents are broken up. And so like, so maybe they nest for two or three years and then one gets a significant other and then sort of things change and that's sort of when it hits the kids that their parents are actually not together so it's a delayed reaction and the parents aren't, weren't really prepared for that so I mm-hmm. think again something to consider if anybody out there is thinking about doing the nesting I'm pretty sure most stepmoms listening to this are not into the nesting <laughs> I'm sure that too. I don't blame them one bit. And, you know, oh. especially like for a situation like us, like at what point, like, I, like if daddy starts dating somebody seriously or even dating, like what point, like you say, oh, six kids, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, you, you guys do have six kids. <laughs> true, true. Everything is always so oh. complicated, but it can be good. Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing, Julie. Thank you, Jamie. Thanks so much. And I hope anybody out there, if they want to stay in touch, check out Mabel's Labels. My blog is there. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I can be found anywhere. Yeah. And I will link all of your contact information for everyone, as well as the co-parenting, transitioning clothes between moms and dads and the Mabel's Labels code and all of that as well. Love it. Perfect. Thanks, Julie. Okay, guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.